Well, there it is. Empowering God's people to change the world. That is what our church has always been about. And um, love being on team there, my wife and I, Laurie. Uh, we serve there in Colorado Springs at Mountain Springs Church alongside of a colleague, Gabby, who's here with us today. And um, I just want to say I bring greetings from our church in Colorado Springs there at the base of the Rockies, one hour south of the city of Denver, to you here in Birmingham. And I love what it is that God is doing here through your ministry, your fantastic team, through Nick and Chloe and so many other such gifted leaders. So greetings from Colorado. And also I'm the recipient of your kind greetings and your kind introduction, Nick. Uh, I also feel like I need to kind of lower your expectations of what it is that you might hear today. <laughs> Just saying, uh, after hearing that introduction, I'm like, I can't wait to meet the person. But anyway, um, it truly is, though, a pleasure to be here. And a special shout out to those of you online right now. Can we at BCC say hi to those online right now and welcome them? <laughs> we are so glad. We are so, so glad that you're online with us and part of this moment. Let me give you a little bit of context about myself before I assume that you'll listen to me or presume upon that opportunity. Uh, my wife, Laurie, and I have been married 28 years. I'm from Newmarket, Suffolk, yet I know many of you are stunned by such a statement. You're already questioning the validity of such a statement because my accent doesn't sound like I'm from Suffolk. But I lived for 21 years in Suffolk. I uh, got married to my stunning wife. Her dad was on the RAF Mildenhall military base there, the US base. And we met, we got married there in 95 in summer. Uh, we had a daughter a year later. God dramatically called us to Canada. So we went there and served for a year in British Columbia, Canada uh, as interns at a large church. And then we went down to Colorado Springs and we've been leading there together now for the remainder of that time, now 23 years at the same church. But let me go back to the kids' story for a moment because you might not know this to be true. Certainly when you look at this face, I'm just saying. We have seven children and that's not a typo in the script. That is a real statement. And let me rephrase that. That stunning, beautiful woman on the front row that those of you online maybe are not seeing currently uh, she has seven children. We have seven children together. You ask the question of how do you have seven children? Well, let me speak to that because that is certainly a question that we have had from time to time. Uh, why seven children? Well, here is how it happened. And gentlemen, you'll know this to be true when you're dating the girl you've had this conversation to. Here's how the conversation went. When we first met, the conversation was, hey, do you want children? Sure. We could consider such a thing down the road. Well, let's, con let's have children. And I was like, how many would you like to have? And she said, seven. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I'm, what? <laughs> I'd like to have seven, she said. And so I responded, and I said, thinking that I would need to exaggerate the number that I was going to say, so I said, let's have five. Well, here is a glimpse and a secret into a healthy marriage. We compromised and had seven. <laughs> That is how that went. <laughs> that is the truth. Anyway, anyway, with that all being said, God did dramatically call us from England to Canada, and really it was the drama associated with the call of God that really is going to create the content that I want to share today. I want to talk to you today about hearing the voice of God. I want to talk to you today about something that I know is so true about you that if you were to hear God's voice, if you were to get clarity from him on a situation, if you were to hear his heartbeat in what it is that you're currently going through, I'm convinced of this one thing, 
It would change your life. In fact, I think that within the Spirit-filled life, one of the most significant and sought-after attributes of the Spirit-filled life is to hear the whispers of God. So no matter whether you are right now saying, well, I need to hear from God as to whether I marry him or marry her, whether we have four children or five children, whether we have another child or whether I'll ever get married, and you're asking God for him to speak to you right now, my prayer is that during this next two and a half hours, just seeing, 25 or so minutes as we lean into this moment, as we lean into this chapter of our lives together, my prayer is that you would get the clarity from God that you need for his voice to be heard in that specific situation that you'd go, I know what it is that God wants in my life. All of us live in this, in this kind of corridor. We walk down this corridor metaphorically where there are a collection of doors and we almost want to try every door handle to see which one opens for us. But the reality is God has already prepared for us the doors that we will walk through and life is a collection of turning points and doorway opportunities that when we hear God's voice, we don't waste our time trying to shake the wrong door because we've already stepped into and through the right door. And that is why I believe that God wants to speak into our hearts today. So in one category, there are those of us today that we need to hear God's voice about something specific. But now hear what I'm about to say regarding God's voice. I believe that there are those in the room today, and we've already had a, a word, a word of knowledge that has affirmed that which I'm about to say. There are those of you here today that you're longing for a second chance. You're longing for God to speak something into your life. You're longing for God to displace these, these whispers of darkness that you repeatedly hear in your life. You're not good enough. You'll never measure up. You'll never make it. Just give up. The dark, demonic whispers of the enemy that says you're not enough. My prayer today is that we would hear God say, through me, you are more than enough. Ephesians 3.20, because I can do in your life more than you could ask, seek, or imagine according to the immeasurable riches, to this great, vast glory that is my voice. So all of that to set up today where we're going to answer two questions. Two questions. First question is, how does God speak? And the second question is, how do we know it is God when we think we've heard something he has said? How do we know it's God? And how is it that we can hear God? Now, let me give you a little bit of a framework for some of you in the room that like to know where we're going. Where we're going is this. We're going to break the message into thirds. The first third is going to be all scripture. You're going to hear a lot of Bible here for the next five or so minutes where I unpack for you what is a foundation theologically for hearing God. Then we're going to go into the second third, which will be the first collection of a lot of practical points. That is where we're going to answer the question of how does God speak? The final third is going to be how we know it is that God is speaking. How do we know that this is God who is speaking to us? First third, Bible. Second third, we're going to talk about how. Third third, we're going to talk about really knowing it is God. You with me? Let's pray. Let's pray the prayer of Samuel, the great prayer of Samuel, uh, as we kick it off regarding listening as servants. But let's pray. Father, we pray in this moment that for those online and for those of us in the room right now, that you would speak. I pray for an open heaven over this house. I pray for an open heaven over every house that is the recipient of this content being broadcast into their home right now. We pray for an open heaven over our hearts. I pray that our ears would be unplugged, that we would hear your whisper. 
I pray that those things going on, the to-do list that we have to do later today or tomorrow, or the situation at work, God, we just put our lives into neutral right now, and we, we want to coast in the kingdom. We want to coast in the spirit. We want to hear your voice. And truly, as Samuel prayed in the Old Testament, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me to the book of Genesis and the book of Revelation, and then put something in a psalm, just any psalm, just put something in the psalm so that we can turn there here in just a few moments. I believe, here is my premise, that the scriptures are replete, meaning they are packed full, the scriptures are packed full with this notion that God speaks perfectly and personally and sovereignly. Perfectly, personally, and sovereignly. And to kind of reinforce that statement, let's look at some scripture. Genesis 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. But then it says the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was hovering there over the face of the waters. And then verse 3 of Genesis chapter 1 is the very first thing that we learn about God. And here it is. Verse 3, then God said. The very first thing that we learn about our God is that our God is a communicative God. He speaks. He speaks more than he does. Yes, he does things for us. And yes, he does miracles for us. He is a God who communicates. And he speaks into our lives. And he said this, verse 3, Genesis chapter 1, he said, let there be light. God created life with just four words. He created life, biologically speaking, in terms of the value of light to bring forth life. God spoke light into existence. He spoke it into existence. Now go ahead and turn with me to Revelation 22. We'll go from the first book to the very last book. The very first book to the bookend, Revelation 22. Let's look at two verses here. The first one is verse 6. The Lord God spoke, and in this context, it's Jesus. Jesus is speaking. And this is what he said, verse 7. Behold, here it is again, four words, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Friends, the redemptive reality is this, that from creation of Genesis to the new creation, to the holy God and city of the book of Revelation, God speaks. God speaks. Okay, now look at Psalm 29. Psalm 29, I had you put something there. Maybe it was your neighbor's hand. I'm not sure, but something was in the psalm. Psalm 29 says, verse 3 through 5, the voice, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters. Verse 4, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord splinters the cedars of Lebanon. Throughout all of the corridors of creation, God's voice is heard. It echoes, it reverberates down the hallways of all creation. And it's God's voice that separates him from all other gods. Psalm 115, let me read this reference to you. Perhaps turn there if you think you have time, but let me read that to you slowly so you get there. Verse 3, Psalm 115, our God is in heaven. Okay, this is a statement of truth. He does whatever pleases him. Why? Because he is God. He can do what he pleases. But the idols of silver and gold, they're made by human hands. And here it is, verse 5, they have mouths, but they cannot speak. 
The psalmist here is creating a distinction between who our God is and who the gods of this world are. They too have mouths, but they cannot speak. They too have eyes, but they cannot see. But what about today? What about today? Can God speak today? Does God speak today? And can we hear God's voice? One last reference, and we're going to use this final reference to springboard into our message this weekend as it relates to the practical points. Verse 14, Job 33, let me read this to you. God does speak in one way and another, yet man does not perceive it. Verse 15, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falls on men. Did you notice it says when deep sleep falls on men? Notice it doesn't say women. Why? Because women are always having to do all of the work as the men are sleeping. This is a corrective verse, I think. (laughs) While deep sleep falls on men, while they slumber on their beds. That wasn't in my notes, in case you're wondering. Verse 16, then he, God, opens the ears of men. I believe that God speaks, and I believe honestly, that one of the great privileges of my life, truly, is hearing the whispers of God. So how does God speak? Well, first and foremost, again, if you have the Uversion event running on your phone, you'll be able to follow along with these points. Uh, I do apologize. There are many, many points today, um, but it's better than having no point of the message, and that was a joke. Point number one, God speaks through His Word. God speaks through the Word. The Bible shouldn't just be the primary way of which we seek to hear the voice of God. Somebody once said to me, God doesn't speak to me. And so I gave them the Bible and said, he wrote it all down for you already. God does speak. And the primary way of which we hear God's words are through the scripture. But not only is it the primary way, but it's the plumb line. Meaning it is the way of which we should line every other word or impression up to the plumb line of scripture. You're familiar with the plumb line. If you're painting or if you're doing something and you need a You need a perpendicular line to a horizontal line. You establish a plumb line. You put a weight at the base of the string, and as the string gets taut, it creates this perpendicular line. That is Scripture. Scripture is this straight line that every other impression, if you feel like God says, I should do this, and it doesn't line up with that plumb line, you don't have to pray about whether it's God or not, because God will not seek to add to nor contradict the Scripture. So it's the primary, it's the plumb line. So how does God speak in the Word of God? Well, two ways. One is where you would describe it as historically or generally. God speaks in the Word of God historically and or generally. Meaning, when you're reading through the Bible, if you get to John 13, verse 34, I think it is, or around there where it says, love one another. You don't need, when you read that verse, or at least I hope you don't do this, you don't need to, when you get to John 13, 34, hmm, love one another. God, is that a word for me? Because I wouldn't want to make the mistake of loving people if it was not a word from you for me. You understand what I'm saying? You don't pray about that word. You go, God, you want me to love one another. You want me to love those people. Look around right now. Look at the people beside you. Now look at your second choice and say, yes, you too. I'm to love you too. I'm to love everyone. This is what God calls of me to do that, to love one another. So God tells us through the word to love as he speaks to us historically or generally. But the other way is this. God speaks through his word in a way that you might describe as specifically and or personally. Meaning, a verse in scripture is lifted out of its original context. Take the Old Testament. A word that God spoke to his people Israel. God lifts it out of the context of the Old Testament and places it into the context of your life today and says the same word to you. 
Think of in the New Testament, Ephesus or Colossae or any of these locations where they were the recipient of an epistle. God can use a scripture that Paul would have written to the church in Ephesus and take it in chapter 1 or chapter 2 or 3, put it into your life and it applies to your life. That is the power of the word of God, that God can use it. But now let me make a statement and let you not be concerned by my statement, but let me make a provocative statement and then unpack it for you. While Scripture is inspired of God, without error, under the inspiration of the Spirit, there are, now hear what I'm about to say, otherwise you're going to question whether Pastor Nick should have invited me today. Okay, track with me. There are directional, directional limits to what the Word of God can speak specifically into your life. Let me create context. You will not find a scripture in the Bible, I can assure you, that says, Kevin from Manchester. Like you turn to a book, you're like, I know I'm going to find this in the New Testament. (laughs) Kevin from Manchester, thou shalt marry Kim from Birmingham and travel across to the city and find her and thou shalt bring forth, wait a minute, let's just read the reference, three children, three fantastic children is what the scripture says. It doesn't say that, does it? So this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because the Word of God is always the Lagos. The Spirit of God reveals the logistics of God. The logistics of God are communicated and expressed by the Spirit of God. So people have often asked me, is there such a thing as the audible voice of God? Yes, I think we can hear God's voice. Theology 101, basic theology says that God can do whatever He wants and speak whatever He wants. But in terms of the audible voice of God, For many of us, that seems few and far in between. Just doesn't seem like it happens all the time. So how does God speak? I believe that God speaks through sign language. Through sign language. So what are those signs? What are the signs of which we can hear God's voice? Well, number two, point number two is that God speaks through natural events. God speaks through natural events. I believe that God will often express a supernatural purpose through a natural circumstance. Let me explain. You're down across and you hear one of the children crying. And when you hear the child crying, God uses the crying baby in the natural to speak something about your childhood that he wants to heal in the supernatural. But holding a baby and seeing their tears when they're upset, and all of a sudden you see the tear crest the cheek and fall, and you catch that tear, And all of a sudden, you hear God speak into your life and the supernatural, I catch every one of your tears too. That is the way God speaks through a natural situation. God can speak through the natural to express the supernatural. So pay attention to that. Pay attention as you go through life to the natural things. You're like, well, God can't speak that way. Absolutely, God can speak that way and does speak that way. Number three, God speaks through dreams and visions. God speaks through dreams and visions. Well, why does God do that? I believe we can be going through our day at church, or we can be anything that we're doing, maybe online right now. Maybe you're working out, or you're doing something right now. There can be a moment where God can, in His sovereignty, give you a vision, a word of knowledge, an impression, something that He drops into your spirit. Well, in the same way God can speak a vision to you when your eyes are open, God can drop a dream into your life while you are sleeping. Job 33, 14, God speaks now one way, now another, in a dream, in a vision, in the slumber of the night. Remember that verse. God can speak in a dream, but why? Why would God speak to you when you're asleep when he can speak to you when you're awake, his wife? 
God will often speak something into you when you're asleep to bypass your natural inclination to debate or argue the things of God. Because when you're awake, you go, no, God doesn't do that for me. God couldn't do that for me. God doesn't want to do that. I don't have the faith for that. But it's different when you wake up in the morning and you're like, whoa, God, is that you? Now hear me, not every dream is of God. But there are dreams of God, and you should write them down because then God speaks through patterns and trends. You have a number of dreams. You don't understand them, but when you put the four of them together or the five of them together, all of a sudden you go, that is what God wants. So God speaks through dreams and or visions. Point number four, God speaks through our, and we don't like this one, but I have to teach it regardless, God speaks through our aches and our pains. God speaks through the pains of our lives. Pain is the result of the fall. Genesis 3, the fall of man. Sin comes into the world. There is now pain and the effects of sin, our choice. Pain is not wanted. If you have pain right now, you don't want it. If you have vision problems or hearing problems or back pain or some joint issue, you wish you could be done with it. But don't waste the suffering. All too often we want to just get around it. We want to bypass the suffering. The way through is the breakthrough. You break through. You find hope in the journey. When you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, keep going. God can speak through our aches and our pains. C.S. Lewis once said it this way, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks to us in our conscience, but he shouts in our pain. Don't try to just get past the pain. I've been carrying back pain now for some time. In fact, I had it when I was here earlier in the year also. And yet in that, I would love for God to heal that. I would love for God to take that away. But God is actually using ongoing back pain to teach me something about slowing down and listening, not filling every moment with activity. And also I think there is something prophetic there that God is teaching me to be stronger, to carry more that will happen in my life, which will be filled with blessing. So look for the silver lining because every dark rain cloud has a silver lining. And ask God to speak through the pain and the suffering of your life. Point number five, God speaks through other believers. God speaks through other believers. The Bible is full of God speaking to people through people. And that is a very beautiful thing. When somebody has a word of the Lord for you and you receive it well, Choose and pray through and discern wisely the words that you hear. Because sometimes people have a word for you, and it's not a word of the Lord. It's something they want you to do, or they want you to hear, and they're unwilling to say it themselves directly, so they tell you God said it. Now, we don't have time to unpack that. That is a three-hour workshop on creating discernment filters to hear God. But let me talk about the positive. The positive is... When God speaks to, to someone in order that they might be the recipient to where the word of God goes through them to bless somebody else, it is the most beautiful, I think, picture of the prophetic where God speaks to somebody who listens on behalf of being a source of blessing to another. Again, we have already seen this today. That is the beauty of the prophetic. Unfortunately, there is an underbelly of the prophetic as well. The underbelly, you know what I mean by the underbelly. Think of an animal. No one wants to put their hand under the underbelly of an animal. 
Well, even the prophetic has an underbelly that's not so attractive, but the beauty of the prophetic is it sets people free. So listen on behalf of others to the words of God. Number six, God speaks during moments of silence. How many of you would raise your hand with me right now? And if you're online, maybe do this as well. Just kind of throw your hand up. I won't be able to see it, although maybe I will if I'm that prophetic. But raise your hand just for a moment and say, I have heard God in a moment of silence. God is the principle, often is the loudest when we are the quietest. It's the reason sometimes people hear God in the shower. You ever heard that phrase? I heard God. He told me something. Where were you? I was in the shower. That's a visual I didn't want. But the truth is, God often speaks the loudest when we are the quietest, and often the difference between walking by sight and living through insight is volume. To hear God turn the volume down on your life. Think of it this way. If you're driving around town and driving around the city of Birmingham and you get to an accident, oftentimes if you've got music turned up loud and you've got all these different things going on inside the car, the kids are loud in the back seat, the stereo is loud with music of Radio 1 or something, and all of a sudden you come across an accident, there are blue lights everywhere, what is the first thing that you typically do? Turn the volume down. Kids, be quiet. Shh. And typically you pray and typically you go through the situation. But the first thing that you do is to increase your awareness, you reduce the distraction. The best way to hear the voice of God, because I believe it's always clear, the best way to hear the voice of God is to remove the distraction. The key to concentration is elimination. You want to concentrate, eliminate distractions. So God speaks during our moments of silence. And our last point before we pivot into the final third, which will be the smallest third of the message, point number seven, God speaks through random promptings. One of the ways that the Holy Spirit speaks to me is that he will prompt me with someone's name. It's happened with Pastor Nick. It's happened with others where I felt prompted. Maybe I've been scrolling through my phone and I've seen someone's name and I heard the Holy Spirit say, reach out to them, text them right now. Or I'm looking for an email and I'm looking for someone's name and then everyone with the same name comes up into the field to search and I see someone else's last name with the same first name and I hear the Spirit of God say, reach out to them. That happens to you, doesn't it? You have got to lean into those moments because oftentimes the Spirit of God will speak to you through a random prompting. Three or four months ago, I had a random prompting. God brought someone's name to mind that I hadn't spoken to in two years. And then first when I heard this impression from the Lord, I was like, no, I don't want to reach out to them. It would be awkward at this point. And I heard the Spirit of God say, reach out and say something very simple. Tell them I love them. Tell them I have a plan for them. And then there was a third statement. And I was like, Lord, I, I don't particularly want to. And I heard the Spirit of God say very gently, but quite firmly now. So I dialed the number. I almost went like this, but those of you in the room under 35, you don't know what I'm doing right now. <laughs> So I quickly did this, and I called the number, and I was like, God, do I have to do this? And it was ringing, ring, 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 ring. Hello? I was like, hello? This is Daniel. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. <laughs> and I heard the Spirit of God say, say it. And I said, do you have a minute? Yep. And I was like, okay. I was like, I just felt prompted to call you and they were very curt why 
And I was like, I, um, well, here's why. God loves you. And I had a prompting of the Holy Spirit to call you. And I knew it was right now. And not only does God love you, but God has got a plan for your life. And then I shared the third statement that was very personal. And then like we are now, there was quiet. And then I just started to hear the sobbing. Sobbing. And I said, are you okay? Can I come? I'm okay. And I said, what's going on? He says, you have no idea the timing of this phone call. I just told my wife, I'm done. I've just told my wife to tell our kids goodbye. And I was not coming back ever, meaning I was about to kill myself. And I am, as you are, going, wow, this, this is humbling. And I prayed, and God is redeeming that situation. Men and women, I can't inspire you enough. I invite you, listen to the random promptings of God. And you go, well, what happened if you would have called and they would have been fine? They would have been blessed that God loved them. But because of the timing of God, they knew that God had a plan for them. Listen to the promptings of God. There is so much more we could say here, but we do need to pivot into the final third. Otherwise, you won't be out of here until Monday morning. So let's go ahead and kind of wrap this up a little bit with the final third. The final third is essential, and here's why. While God does speak in all of those ways, we can lose it in translation. Winston Churchill once said that America and England are two nations divided by a common language. Ever heard that phrase? Because even though we all speak English, those of them over there and those of me now over there, even though I speak like some of you over here, but yet I don't know where I speak now or how I speak. I feel like I'm somewhat drowning in the Atlantic Ocean because I neither speak like them nor speak like us here. But anyway, two nations divided by a common language. What is my point here? My point is this. Sometimes, even though God speaks in a way that we can understand, we misunderstand. So what is a criterion for us determining an understanding of what it is that God is speaking? Number one, just six points here. I'm just going to clip through them quite quickly, and then we're going to go into a time of ministry. First, if you're trying to discern if it's God, you have a dream, is this you, God? You have a prompting of the Lord, is this you, God? The first question that you should ask is, does it measure up with God's character? Does it measure up with God's character? Meaning, could you see Jesus doing that? Well, God says, jump off a building, and could you see Jesus doing that? No, Jesus actually said, do not put him to the test. Well, say this hard thing. Could you see Jesus saying that? And if you cannot, then don't. And if you could, pray and weigh it and do what it is that God is asking of you. But does it measure up with God's character? Number two, does it line up with God's word? Check every thought or impression that you have up with the word of God. Does it line up with God's word? God is, as I mentioned earlier, neither seeking to add to or contradict Scripture. But why do I say it again, almost by repeat? Here's why. You can take any Scripture out of context. So does it line up with the thematic teachings of God? Now, this is getting a little gritty, but really track with me. When you get an impression of God, don't find a Scripture to support it. See if all of Scripture supports it. Because there is a danger in finding a Scripture to support it. You've ever heard about the person that takes the Bible and does what a Bible drill? You ever done that? I've done that. This is confession. Haven't done it for many years, though. You take a Bible. God, I need a word from you. And you roll your fingers down. And you just open it. 
It's like, it's like Russian roulette in scripture. It's like dangerous. And then you do it, and all of a sudden you open up to a part about Judas. Judas hung himself. You're like, no, that's not a word from God. So you close the Bible, you scroll it again, and you open it up, and it says, go forth and do likewise. No, this is not from the Lord. Here's the point. Here's the point. Line up every impression with the entirety of God's Word. Not a scripture taken out of context. Number three, does it position my life to honor God and others? Does it position my life to honor God and others? God is going to lead your life towards greater honor. He's not going to lead you back into a place of dishonor. Now, let me explain that practically. For some, we have been called out of a very dark lifestyle. And I would really caution you, if you have come out of a lifestyle where you were addicted to alcohol, where you were addicted to drugs, unless everyone around you and all of God's leading in you, unless all of that happens, be very careful to hear God to call you to be an evangelist in a bar or a pub. Now, hear what I'm saying. I hear this all the time. I recently, I heard this quote, I hear it all the time. I recently came out of a dark lifestyle. I got saved three months ago. God is calling me back to those people to rescue them out of that. Danger, danger, danger. Why? God wants to lead your life towards greater honor, not back into the bucket of dishonor. So pay attention to that. There might be a time but it's got to be over time. You don't do it instantly. You listen to God. God is all about taking your life towards greater honor. And the reason this is so important is I can't tell you how many times I've heard people tell me, oh my goodness, I can't believe God told me to give up my job. God doesn't care for me. I've now lost my job and I have no income and I have three children to provide for. Men and women, God doesn't call you to do something so reckless because there is even scripture that says it is right that a man and a woman has a job and provides for their family. God's not going to call you to do something silly and lead your life in a dishonor. God does call us. Now track with what I'm saying. God does call us to do dramatic things. But he also calls you to do things that support what he's already told you to do. So be really careful. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that their children are now upset. They've derailed their education. They've lost their business. They no longer have an income. Why? Because God said do something. Now put it in the context of teenagers. How many times, you've got teenagers, some of you, we have teenagers. How many times a teenager has come to me, 13, 14, God told me to date him. And then a week later, God told me to date him now. Now, God told me to break up with him, and God told me to date him. And I'm like, is God that schizophrenic? Is God that, like, I'm so confused right now. You're, you're, I can't keep up with the demands of a 13-year-old. No, God didn't say possibly any of that. God possibly said, love me. Walk with me. Know me. And find the right person here in a few years, and I'm going to call you to plant a church. That is what God probably said. My point is, God wants to lead your life towards greater honor, not dishonor. Number four, does it resonate with those that know me the best? Be very careful of spiritual independence, because it will always lead you into a place of solitary interpretation. Can I say that to you again? Be very, very careful of spiritual independence. You know those kind of people that, me and God, we, we have a direct line. And you're like, no, you're weird. Nope, we have a direct line. God and I, we are, we're like this. Because if you are spiritually independent, 
you will always interpret what he says on your own. But the best way to interpret what God says is in a community of like-minded people that love you, love God, and want to see you fulfill the God-given potential of your life. So seek God in community. Number five, does it fit the redemptive work of God in my life? Meaning oftentimes the decision between with God is not between the good and the bad. Oftentimes with God, it's making a decision between the good and the best. Let me explain it to you again. You know, sometimes like, I don't know what to do. And God is like, it's the difference between the good and the best. It's not always the good and the bad. You go, well, it's easy. I don't want the bad. I want the good. Well, with God, we need his voice because there is good and there is best or better. And we need the best of God. Last point, number six. You've been so good. Two and a half hours have gone by really quickly, haven't they? You've done so well. Point number six, does it pass the peace test? Does it pass the peace test? Meaning, there is a difference between comfort and peace. How many of you know that God will call you to do things that make you feel uncomfortable? God called me to do something uncomfortable. He calls me to do something uncomfortable every day. But there is a difference, as James tells us, the wisdom from above is peaceable and pure. There is a difference between peace and comfort. Do what it is that God says when you have peace, even when you don't have comfort, and you will be walking in the kingdom of God. We're going to close. Uh, I want to invite those of you who want to respond to a point of even coming to the front. I'm going to invite Kevin and our worship team. And by the way, what a fantastic time of worship this morning. Can we thank Kevin and the team for their worship? <laughs> Leading us into a place of worshiping Jesus was so good. Let's stand together, and then we're going to apply this message with a moment of response. If you want to hear God's voice, what do you do? You maintain a pure heart. You develop a listening ear. And you live with a responsive life. You have a pure heart. You maintain a pure heart. You have an ear that listens. God, what are you saying? I'm listening in. I want to hear what it is. Don't go through life with your ears plugged. Go through life with your ears open and say, Spirit of God, speak. And last of all, have a life that responds. God speaks to those who respond. If you're online with us right now, what is it that God is even speaking into your life right now? Respond. For those of us in the room right now, if you're saying, God isn't speaking to me right now, answer the question honestly, did you do the last thing that he asked? Because if not, he's not silent, he's just waiting for a response. And only somebody who is insecure says, it again and again and again. He's not insecure. He's patient and kind. So he's waiting for your response. So can we pray? And as we do so, if you would say right now, I want to respond. I want to come forward. I want to encounter the Holy Spirit even now. You've got something. You need God to speak clarity in something. I believe there are those of you even in the room right now, you're waiting for a word from the Lord. There is nothing special about the front there is something special about saying I'm walking towards you, Jesus. I'm stepping towards you. I'm, I'm making a decision to get up from where I am and I'm stepping into a space where you are. That's all that you're doing. And you would say, I need to step into a space of where he is.
We're going to sing this song. We're going to invite the Spirit of God to come into this house in a fresh, manifested way. It's been a real privilege being with you. Thank you for your incredible warm welcome. Let's hear the voice of God and let's become the people of God. I invite you to come forward now and respond.